no other place I'd rather be. There's no other place I'd rather be than in heaven. Have a little closer to the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords. There's no other place I'd rather be on a Sunday morning than in the house of God. Hallelujah, it doesn't matter how sick I am, it doesn't matter how broke I am, it doesn't matter how lost I am. There's no other place I'd rather be. Because I'm in a place, I'm telling you, it doesn't matter what kind of condition I come in this house. I'm in a place that I can be changed in one moment, one visitation, one touch of this almighty God. Telling you, nobody like him. Nobody like him. Oh, God, you help us give you that reverence. Help us give you that respect today. The lack of that will hinder receiving what he's got for you. But somehow, if you and I can just tap into that and get a hold of it. Really understand in this place, in this service, in this moment, there's no telling what can take place as we love and worship Him. Allow Him to have His way in the house of God today. Praise God. I don't want Him just to have His way in the house of God, I want Him to have His way in the temple of the Holy Ghost individually. But yet, collectively, and saving humanity and saving souls and healing bodies and just being God. Who else is he going to be? No more than you and I can be anybody else. God and only God can be God. All these others that's hustling and bustling and trying to take the place. There's others that even try to take the glory. But when it's all said and done, there's going to be one. I'm glad to know him this morning through the power of the Holy Ghost. How about you? Glad to know him through the power of baptism in Jesus' name. Amen. I'm glad to know him through the powers of loving and keeping his commandments and statutes and principles. Hallelujah. They're working. They've always worked. I don't care what Hollywood says or what individual says. They work and they'll always work. Love you this morning. Appreciate you. You may be seated. Let our classes go back. It's good to see each one of you in the house of the Lord today. Good to see Miss Sandra back again this morning. Appreciate her. Good little testimony she gave me the last time she was here. Amen. That uh, Aiden and her daughter both has began to pray with her before she goes and takes any of treatments and things of this nature. It's a beginning and it's a start. There's an awakening and a stirring of a spirit, of a power, the rec- a recognition. Uh, you know what? I'm getting some help from a place. And this is how we get it. And you know what? I believe God wants to do even greater things for this family. Amen. Filling them with the power of the Holy Ghost, revelation. Man, this is God's business to save us and to minister unto us. And that is unto all, as we learned last week, the chiefest. Amen. It's willing to serve all. They don't eliminate anybody. They don't allow anybody who they are and where they come from to be eliminated. This is the same way with our God. Amen. He loves all. I'm so thankful for that. Because I wouldn't be here this morning if he didn't. (laughs) I'd be lost and undone and without a Savior. 
Because I promise you, I didn't do anything to qualify to have the goodness and the mercy of the Lord upon our lives. But we're so thankful to be here. So thankful to see each one of you in the house of the Lord this morning to give glory and praise and honor to Jesus Christ. And allow the powers of his presence and his touch upon our hearts, upon our lives. And we thank God for that today. Let's continue to pray for Joe Spicer, Brother Joe Spicer. Man, still having some troubles and uh, sickness and things of that nature. Not again, not able to be here this morning, but we ask God to bless and strengthen him. Amen. That God would help him to keep that valve that he made in that hospital bed that day on the point of death and leaving this world. But God, he told God that God would raise him up. He would come to the house of God and he'd come and get the Holy Ghost. So let's pray God would help him and strengthen him. Not let the devil, not to let physical things hinder or keep that from happening in his life. Amen. Others, others, amen, among us. To be faithful to the house of God, to the service of Jesus Christ. Amen. Having their minds made up. The scriptures taught us not to grow weary in well-doing. That's easier said than done. But praise God, let's do it. He that endures unto the end, amen, is the one that's going to be saved. I want to be saved. How about you? I don't want the grace of God to be in vain. I don't want to, that measure of faith and that measure of grace that God's introduced to, to us as individuals to be in vain. No, I want to become that finished product. Amen. The product that God desires us to be. Paul talks about that even unto those that's recipients of his preaching and ministering and writing letters unto them. He talks about how that they would be the crown, amen, his crown even, amen, to present them unto the Lord, chaste virgins, loving and worshiping this one true God, giving and humble themselves unto the counseling and the instructions of the epistles that was written unto them, individuals, amen, yet even churches, how that given them direction of how, how to keep themselves in a raptured, saved condition. Amen. And my, I'm telling you, that's a, that's a part, amen, of the struggle, the battle. I don't care what anybody says. Amen. Not to get tripped up, not to be deceived. And uh, one thought's been on my mind here lately that uh, the Bible talks about in, in the end time that uh, going to shorten the time that the very elect would not be deceived. You and I better, put, better take that to heart. Amen. The very elect not to be deceived. I don't want to be deceived. How about you? I want to believe that I got something, don't have it. Amen. Praise God. We know that the Lord came to give us salvation and purchase it for us. Lesson this morning, a God of justice. A God of justice. A God of justice. Which is judgment. You can't have justice without judgment. Judgment is what brings justice. <laughs> really depends on what side of the aisle you're on or what side of the desk if you want justice, if you want mercy, <laughs> amen, praise God, we've all failed and come up short, so we need mercy, but thank God we found it, we got a God that has mercy every, every morning, new mercy every morning for our lives and to help us along this life, and, and that's one of the greatest attributes and demonstrations that you and I can show as disciples of Jesus Christ. As we have attained mercy from him, we show that mercy unto others. And we have to put into that and entwine into that. We have to look back at ourselves and say, well, did I deserve it? I can only speak for myself, but probably for the all at the same time. No, I didn't deserve the mercy of God. 
and the grace of God that I've experienced, amen, not just the one time, but how often, how many times throughout since then. His goodness and grace and mercy that rode with us and kept us. So we got a good lesson here this morning. Tying in with the last two, all said and done, last several. Man, you start tying these lessons together, the individuals not being overlooked. And last week's lessons about a man making sure it's not about self and all our, our decisions and directions. A man's about self and what benefits us and how we come out on the other side. And one way you can tell that is how to handle your money. This lesson's going to tie in a little bit with that, even from Wednesday night. Amen. Of how you want to handle it and how you want to, you know, if the deal's always you got to be the one that comes out smelling like a rose, there's probably something wrong with your spirit, something wrong with your heart. Amen. Well, I'm sorry. My goodness. A good a God of justice, focus verse found in Micah 6 and 8. He hath showed thee, old man, what is good. It showed them, it revealed unto them what is good, what direction, how to live. You're thankful this morning for what God has shown you, for the revelations that God has given to you, how to live an overcoming life, how to live a victorious life, how not to make provision for the flesh, but to make decisions, amen, for the spirit and for the soul and for the eternity. Amen. God's been a good God to us, hasn't he? Long-suffering and merciful God in instructing us and guiding us. I often say this about America and for ourselves and even the church. The church didn't get where she's at by herself. Amen. But there's a merciful God. Amen. There is a head called Jesus Christ. So we humble ourselves unto him and his leadership and authority in our lives and his voice. Amen. He's a good God. The good way. Amen. And what doth the Lord require of thee but to do justly and to love mercy and to walk humbly with thy God? Amen. It's, that's really what it's all about. We, we're, we're advertising, if you could put it that way. Paul put it this way. He said we're spiritual epistles. Amen. Sometimes we're the only church that some's ever going to know. Okay, watch this. Some people... Uh, sometimes, especially they get to, you know, thinking about things and uh, they might say, well, individuals never heard the gospel or they've never been to a church. And when they say that, they're talking about in a, a, a door of a church, the building itself. But who is the church? Who is the temples of the church? Who is the one that carries the witnessing power, not just in a building, but in a fleshly building now? Not just in a tent or a tabernacle or a temple. Amen. But now the temple is you and I. And so as we go out in the highways and the byways in our surroundings, the places we work, our families, the places we live, that means the church is not just a building and they don't have to pull on this parking lot and they don't have to walk in this building to be introduced to the church. Well, praise God. 
Once you're introduced to it and you know something about it, then there's something ought to rise up in each and all of us for not forsaking the assembling of ourselves together. In fact, he promised where two or three, amen, gathers, amen. It don't have to be in this local assembly either. It could be in the marketplace. It can be in a jailhouse. Uh, well, praise God. He can show up and he can perform the miraculous and supernatural. Why? Because you and I, were the church. We're the greatest witnessing powers, amen, that can affect our communities. Hey Amen. They may be impressed with the buildings we got. They may be impressed with the grounds we got. We may have multi-million dollar buildings and grounds and things of that uh, nature, amen, to offer to them. We may have school programs. We may have play programs. We may have youth programs. We may have this and that. But if we don't introduce them to Jesus Christ and the true gospel of Jesus Christ, amen, we've wasted all of our money and effort and time. But you can take a little country church that don't out near the means and all they've got to have a revelation and the true gospel of Jesus Christ walk in their community, amen, as individual witnesses and turn the world upside down. It won't be the buildings that we assemble in. It won't be the grounds we own. It won't be the multi-million dollar buildings. But it'll be a mere gospel and a kingdom, amen. A kingdom, amen, is showing them love and showing them mercy and showing them hope when everybody else wants to mock them off and everybody else wants to give up. But the real problem is they've just never been introduced to the church or at least a member of the church, a body of the church, a man that knows how to lead them out. Praise God. Paul himself talks about his calling was to come to help those that were oppressed by the devil. To witness to them, to lead them out. To give them direction. That's one reason the enemy's a constant war against you. To bind you. To shackle you. It's one reason the enemy works over time. In a local assembly to keep disunity. And fussing. And fighting. And conniving among one another. Because he really don't want the church to be so unified. That regardless of what member walks out in the highways and the byways. There's a representation of the Heavenly Father and the powers thereof. There is a hope, amen, that radiates out of us. There is a peace that radiates out of us. There is a love that radiates out of us. And it's not of our own cord, our own ability, but it's called the baptism of the Holy Ghost. It's called that measure of the Spirit of God that bears those nine fruits of the Holy Ghost that impacts everybody that we come in contact with. We may not even say anything to them, but we just walk down the aisles of Walmart or we walk down the aisles of the hospital or we walk down the aisles amen of a school but they realize and recognize pretty quick amen they're different there's something abiding and dwelling and it's not just abiding and dwelling it's flowing out of them because they had allowed the enemy and they had allowed carnality and they had allowed the fiery darks amen amen to rob them of it they kept the shield of faith amen up and it quenched every fiery dart they kept a sound mind a healthy mind a Mind. They didn't open their eyes and their ears open to come to pollute it by the world. But the He-Man kept herself in a condition that they could show the mercy and the love of God. Hey, 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 I'm telling you, we're not just anybody. We've been bought with a price. We've been sealed, man. We've been washed. We're not just another earthen vessel walking on this earth. Sir, 
Anybody ought to show mercy. It's you and I that's been bought again. It's you and I that's experienced it. Amen. Of this mercy and compassion and long-suffering, it works for us and helps us. Amen. That's a reason when others get out of short sorts and upset about certain events in the world, you and I, we don't, we don't, we don't, we don't respond that way. <laughs> Praise God. Woo, watch out, preacher. <laughs> Hallelujah. Because we know who vengeance belongs to and it's not ours. And we're not looking for an opportunity for vengeance. We're not celebrating and looking for the day to see our enemy, amen, to squirm. Come on, Proverbs taught us that we better not even shout over our enemy falling. It's a dangerous spirit. It's a dangerous place to get. In fact, the Bible taught us to weep with those that weep and rejoice with them that rejoice. Amen. When God blesses a member of this church, I need to rejoice with them and celebrate with them because they didn't get that blessing by themselves. We either join together or we knock them. This thing ain't about me. Amen. It's about the body. It's about the kingdom of God. It's not about William Moore of his family. It's about Jesus Christ and the kingdom of God. Because it's a part of this body that's an everlasting body. That's an everlasting kingdom. That's going to last out throughout the eons. Hallelujah. This is what we're trying to introduce to others. And proclaim to others. Does it make us perfect? No. We still fall on that mercy and grace and compassion of our heavenly father. We still find ourselves coming to an altar and repenting and humbling ourselves and saying, oh God, help us. Hallelujah, we don't want to fail and we don't want to have intents of falling. But oh God, when we come up short and when we say things wrong, hallelujah, we're willing to confess our sins and we're willing to bring them back to you, God, because of your mercy that we know that's waiting there. Amen, with open arms. Hallelujah, and a willingness, hallelujah. It wasn't a brother, amen, with open arms and a willingness, amen, for brother to come back to home. But there was a heavenly father. There was a father figure there that was looking every day down the old dusty road. Hallelujah. To see in that prodigal son to make his way back home. Hey, I'm telling you, if there's ever been one of the greatest mercies demonstrated in the house of God, it's when we accept all the backsliders and love them and restore them and let God put them back into the kingdom and back into the body. And we don't look down at it. We don't bring up the past. I'm telling you, everything that's under the blood, you and I don't have no business bringing it up. You better watch that spirit. Amen. I, well, boy, I sure wasn't planning on all this, but praise God. The truth about God Jesus cares. Jesus cares. Jesus cares. And let me tell you something. And the writer talks about it. I will get to that in a minute. Jesus cares about the abused, particularly those who have been abused in his name. I do believe that that's a dangerous thing to do. When you start, I believe, picking on certain ones and, 
especially for certain circumstances or situations. You're taking on God. You may think you're taking on an individual in the world, the enemy. Are you understand what I'm saying? But whatever, we got to always remember this. If you're part of this assembly, you're part of the kingdom of God. You got brothers and sisters, amen, are going to join in. But you got a heavenly father. Amen. You got a heavenly father. Praise God. And you know one thing that's made it's entwined its way into the body of Christ and not just in this local assembly, but I tell you, it's all across our land. Amen. You see, everybody don't have no, no problem believing that the Father will have mercy. Nobody has a whole lot of problem believing that the Father will have compassion. Amen. But what about your brother and sister? But with the true love of God in our hearts and the true demonstration of the mercy of the Lord, I just wonder how often the devil just lied to him and the church was ready to receive them back. And the church was more than ready to receive them back. And the church was more than ready, amen, to take them back into their arms and join up with them, amen, and love God and worship God and dance together and magnify God and go to heaven together to put it under the blood. Regardless of what was said and regardless of what was done, hallelujah, it's not worth going to hell over. It's not worth, amen, winding up in eternity over it. Lost and undone, hallelujah. Not when I got the love of the Father in me and that love should portray because really all said and done there's only sons and daughters in the kingdom anyway there's no grandchildren hallelujah and even Jesus Christ calls us his brethren hallelujah in one point in the scriptures hallelujah why because of the mercy of God and the power thereof but I'm going to tell you something God you help me help me not have some kind of shut off veil and I just show mercy to who I want to show mercy to and I just show compassion to who I want to show compassion to that ain't what God done amen those that are willing to hear the word of God and follow the footsteps and the ordinance of God. It didn't matter if they was a stranger. It didn't matter where they come from. It didn't matter what part of life they come from, what social life they come from, what color their skin was. When they was willing to line up and do even in the Old Testament, following the Israelites, amen, if they was willing to come under the direction of the law and obey it, God blessed them. God blessed them. God allowed them to become a part of the family and a part of the assembly. Amen. And so that's what you and I have to do. Amen. Because life is going to bring some things. And trouble. Trouble is on every hand today. The enemy's doing everything he can to destroy families. They're looking for every avenue and every opportunity. Amen. To destroy mankind. And not only destroy mankind, but destroy, for mankind to destroy mankind. We're going back to the days of Noah. Amen. And violence, violence, violence is running rapid. We got people, amen, that they don't think no more of a life than anything else. And it don't bother them one bit. Their conscience and their hearts are so calloused, amen, about life and, and the, what's the hereafter. But how many is raised across their lands and places, amen, that they've never really heard or experienced or seen anybody. All they've ever seen is dog eat a dog. All they've ever seen, amen, is the wickedness and the vileness. So, oh God, if there's ever been a time, hallelujah, that we need to pray for the laborers, the laborers 
labors of the field, but the harvest is great. It's white, honey. The stage is set for the greatest revival to take place. Hallelujah. Either the revival or the rapture. Hallelujah. One or the other is going to have to take place. Hallelujah. That's what's going to transpire. Amen. I'm telling you, the devil thinks he's got this. The devil's deceived himself, but the devil's a loser, and everybody that's following is going to be a loser. Hallelujah. I'm thankful this morning that I've experienced mercy, and oh God, you help me to show mercy. I want to show it in the house of God. I want to show it as a, as a pastor. I want to show it, amen, regardless of the spiritual leadership we got. Hallelujah. Always persuading somebody, regardless of the mistakes you made. Hallelujah. If you're willing to repent, if you're willing to confess it, if you're willing to get right now, you can't cover it up. You can't disguise it, amen, and still want positions and want places and still have that same character building in your heart and building in your spirit. That won't work. But anybody that's willing to repent and make it right with God, it may be some situations you have to make right with individuals. It's all part of it. But you know what? True repentance, you'll do it. You'll be willing to do it. Amen. I want it right. I want to make it right. Because I want to be right. Be right with God. And all the way I can be right vertically. I got to be right horizontally. <laughs> Amen. To show that kind of mercy and compassion. Truth in my life, I will love and support those who have been wronged. <laughs> and I know you can take those statements as a blanket statement maybe and... Uh, and and he, he addresses some of it to a certain degree uh, of, the, of the times that we're living in, the situations that we're facing. Uh, but uh, for anybody to think people are not done wrong, you're kidding yourself. Probably everybody in this house has been done wrong. There's a good chance probably the greatest percent of this church has failed. I've done you wrong in one point or another, in one time or another. You didn't have to amen it, but it's still the truth. <laughs> You didn't like how I'd done this, or you didn't like how I'd done that, or maybe I didn't do nothing. <laughs> maybe you hadn't done this, and maybe you should have done that. <laughs> but I'm just telling you, that's just the way it is. How many has crossed even out here? Blood related, some not blood related. <laughs> but thank God for that mercy. Thank God for that grace and that compassion. Amen, that God will help us, help us along this journey. As you begin to go into it, the very lesson connection itself, Brother Ford hinted to this as he talked about the rod, but then he went to the whip. <laughs> the whip that Jesus Christ had planted together. Because, and, and Matthew, Mark, and Luke talks about it in one, and they talk about it double cleansing that took place and he uses the time of John's writings toward the end but even Matthew and Luke talks about it they go to Jerusalem they get on the little coat and he goes to the temple it's prior to the crucifixion he gets there and there are the money changers and if you read your lesson you'll see where the writer talks about how that the sonship of the priesthood and how that all five of the sons become the high priest and the final fifth one a man was a priest and during that time and they had used this business as a means and a ways of, of making, making money. I have to agree today, I just wonder how many across our land today is using the church for own personal benefits. A man that's willing to even to distort and twist and turn this to keep certain ones a part of the assembly. 
Amen. Some of the biggest struggles, even in some of the denominal worlds right now, is because certain loved ones was in that state of mind or condition and lifestyle, and they didn't want to change that individual. They, want the, they wanted their gospel. They wanted their preachers. They wanted to muzzle the ox. And they muzzled the ox. And when you muzzled the ox, I promise you, you headed in trouble. They don't care who they are and where they come from. And you know what? One God, apostolic Pentecostal people, is not exempt from it either. No more than the Israelites were exempt from it. So it, it unfolds. We, got, we get that from Moses' writings to start with. And so we don't want to muzzle the ox. Well, sure. We want to, the word of God to plow us up. Amen. And to open our hearts, our minds, and our spirit. Life itself, circumstances, situations can cause a hardness. And so we need the mercy of God. We're going to need the mercy of God. But the word is God has called us. Amen. Amen. The mercy that we show is how we're going to be dealt with. If we're not willing to show mercy, then we're not going to attain mercy. Even from our heavenly father, if all we want to do quickly at the draw of a hat or the drum, amen, or something of that nature, we just want to destroy and we want to annihilate them. We want to, we want them out of our lives. We don't want them nowhere around us. We don't want to see the sight of them. I'm going to tell you something. You better work on that. You better work on that because I'm going to tell you what, you're putting your own soul and your own spiritual condition in a place with your heavenly Father, that there will be the day when he casts you out or casts me out. Amen. Where he'll never look upon me, that he'll never see me again. And he'll, I'll be in a torment, a torment all the rest of my life. See, it all works together and works hand in hand. So what I'm trying to tell us to get us to understand, mercy, mercy. But as Jesus walked into that temple that day, <laughs> individuals now, because the Israelites, the Jews, would have to come a great distance, they tell us. And so they wouldn't bring the animals, but they would bring. And so they'd take out, change out the Roman coins and change out the money. And, and they became, because the high priest, the Roman, a man, not the high priest, but the Roman governor that was there, set them up in these positions. And so they was making, they was making money hand over fist at the expense of the people. A man taking advantage of them. Uh, As, as we, you know, I've never been a fan of taking advantage of somebody. I don't believe in the principle, and this may not go very far. <laughs> but I don't believe in that principle of finding somebody in a financial need. And they got a $500 gun they want to sell, but they're willing to sell it for 200 because they're in a financial bind. And then you go up and try to give them 175 cash money when you know that it's worth $500. That character, that spirit is wrong. That's what I'm talking about. Now, let's, 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 what, what we're talking about here. Principles of the kingdom of God. There's principles. You know, always coming out with the best deal is not always the best deal. Not spiritually speaking. We don't like these topics, do we? Man, you get talk about money. <laughs> but that's all. That's the way it works. It's, it's just, you know. But anyway, as we move on from that, and the, the whole point, my house is a house of prayer. A house of prayer. It's a place where whosoever will, let them come. It's a house of prayer. This is, they, they may have went, listen to some of this. You know, the, the lives that, that, that made their way to Jesus Christ. Some of them held high positions. Some of them had great money. 
Some of them had resources and they had used all the resources they could have. Some spent all they had and went wherever they could. And they, they, they struggled. And I'm getting on my message tonight a little bit. Amen. For 12 years. But Jesus never denied them. Jesus never jumped on them. Jesus showed them compassion. And so never jumped up and said, you ought to come 11 years, 6 months, and 3 days ago. He didn't do that. He always showed compassion and, and willingness and to, to work. And, and I, that's, that's, you know... <laughs> Uh, that's easier said again than done. Uh, you know, uh, man, I'm trying not to. <laughs> again, again, we, we find ourselves facing as, as Holy Ghost filled people, as disciples of Jesus Christ, as called Christians, even when it comes to our own family. We got to have enough of the love of God and the mercy of God and the direction of God. Because there are times that you the letter mentions that. There are times being justice means you got to draw the line and say, No. No more. You got you got to pay the consequences. It's kind of like them little darlings. You've told them no. You've counted to 155 times. <laughs> the first thing out of their mouth, I don't want to get a whipping. Well, apparently you do. <laughs> and so, you know, same way with, with, with working. And so we, we got to find... And this has been one of my main cores of pastoring this church. Balance. Balance. It's got to be have some balance. It doesn't matter what we do, what direction we go, and what we're involved in. There's got to be some balance to it. We can't be so spiritual that we spiritualize everything. You know, you can't buy a set of tires and expect them, you know. They got, you know, they was on sale and that was the best deal. But the, the, the warranty is for 40,000 miles, and you got, got 65,000 miles on them, and you get mad because, hey amen, you had a flat tire. <laughs> you, you know, sometimes common sense, and oh, it's got to kick in too. There's got to be balance, and that's the same way with this as, as we live for God and the Word of God. <laughs> that law of harvest, I mentioned this to Brother Ford. How many has ever heard this statement? That the president that's holding off, and I'm not talking about the very one now, but I might be. Okay. That's who God wanted in there. I don't buy into that. I don't. Why would he have all godly righteous people to vote for what's right? Sometimes the law of the harvest. And what we sow upon this earth through government by man can override the will of God and his plan. Oh, God's going to work his plan out. Don't worry. Here's the difference. It's whenever we pray and seek God, and if we would do it as a name, if my people, which are called by my name, would humble themselves and turn from their wickedness and pray, I'll heal their land. But what if they don't? <laughs> 
Watch the results. What you sow. I don't use that as a cop-out. And that's just me. If I'm wrong, I'm dead wrong. But I don't believe I am. I don't believe I am. That's like, uh, and I've, I, I'm going to get from that. Okay. So, so what, what are we talking about here? What are we trying to? Justice. Judgment. Every time the term judgment. If, if you notice, did you write at the beginning, God is just. He talks about the Hebrew word. Misfat appears 421 times. It says in the Old Testament, frequently translated as judgment in the King James Version. So we understand that. So thank God for judgment, okay? Especially when we start focusing on the individuals that our lesson focuses upon. Because here's where you and I can find great comfort and peace and contentment and satisfaction as children of God. Nobody's getting by with nothing. They may not receive upon this earth because of crooked judges, lots of money, holding certain positions. I can bring that down a step or two if you want me to. When people get promotions in places they didn't deserve because they knew individuals, Okay, so it covers a lot when you really get to dig into it. Watch it. Just just watch it. But you and I have the comfort as disciples of Jesus Christ. Any wrong that ever comes our way. It'll be worked out. And I don't have to take the matter into my own hands. In fact, that'd be the best thing not to. Just leave it in the hands of God. And the thing we need to pray is like Jesus. Huh. He didn't deserve death. He didn't deserve to die. He knew no sin. But he said, Father, forgive them, for they know not what they do. And so this is where you and I play such an important role. The how we handle it, how we respond to it. With the mercy of God aboding and abiding within us and flowing out of our lives. And again, I know yeah, we can jump on certain things and we can start. And if you're not careful, it depends on your mind, depends on your heart, depends on your spirit, depends on what you really desire of what direction you'll start going from here. But if we want the Father's will and we want the heartbeat of God... We'll have the assurance of knowing that, you know what, God, you've got to work this out. Amen. You're going to work it out. So he talks about this, and, and, and we can see where he starts out. And he talks about justice demonstrated in the actions that Jesus performed many times in the miracles. And I done mentioned them to a certain degree. The widow lost her only son and how he stops that and raises her, her son up. We can see others, amen, the leopards. So, so he was willing to minister and, and touch lives at the, and what you and I could call the untouchable. He was willing to touch. He was willing to heal. He's willing to show them compassion, mercy, and deliver them. And so as God's people, we are to be what? Just. Just. We, we, we got to be just. We got to be upright. We got to do it to the best of our ability. Now, now again, 
Does anybody give any tolerance, amen, for just being a human? Y'all scared to answer me. I guess it depends on what side the fence you're on, because I've, I've heard this. You know, uh, I've been on both sides of the fence. Let me put it that way. <laughs> you're telling me, I, I didn't mean that. I didn't tell I sure you did. Honestly, I didn't. <laughs> that never crossed my mind. That's not what I... Or you didn't do something, and uh, if it was so-and-so, you'd remember Church, come on. We need to leave a certain amount of tolerance for just being a human. Because there's been times when we just honestly maybe dropped the ball. We forgot. It slipped our minds or whatever. Or maybe maybe one thing after another and, and something got the best of us and we responded or maybe we didn't respond, you know. Somebody said something to you, but you had, you know, 900 things on your mind. And you didn't even you didn't even you didn't even hear them say hello. You didn't even see them smile. <laughs> but there wasn't no intent of that. Okay. So, but we have to, got to show that. To that's got to be what's uh, that, we're, that we're prone that we that's what we want to show first, if if possible. Show mercy, grace. For true justice, there's got to be a real healthy portion of mercy in our lives. We've always got to be willing to put ourselves in their place. I'm going somewhere if you'll watch this. Here's the reason why. That's the reason it's so important that when you, when you rub shoulders with people, encounter individuals, to be careful how you encounter them. We could quickly make the statement that, uh, well, they deserved that. They got what they deserved. Well, if, if, if they'd get a job like I got a job. Or... Now, come on. The, the scripture, the last, he goes there. The scripture, I'm, 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 I'm trying to keep this balance here. The scripture, if, if a man don't work... He doesn't eat. Okay. Hey, I'm a strong believer, and I don't know all the ins and outs about it. But I believe that our Constitution, and we got a system set up that would work as a government. I believe if we leave the forefathers and some of the things they nailed down out of the principles of this book, because that's where they nailed down some of the principles. It wasn't because of their own ideas and opinions, because they were lawyers and educated men. Is because, amen, they believed and feared God and believed that, that they was going to give an account for the judgments and the, the ordinance that they were setting up. Dealing with humanity and dealing with people. That's the reason this, found, this nation was founded to start with. Give a place that people could come and worship God. And I know, amen, the enemy wants to take the best of that and whatever, and I understand all of that. But, but, but again, getting back to the principles of it. That's the reason, and watch this, that everybody that's on, uh, on disability, everybody is not wanting to be on disability. Is everybody that's on disability ought to be on disability, but you and I both know there shouldn't be. Some's lied and cheated and done. 
because they're lazy, because of what. Maybe some of them got those positions because they knew individuals. <laughs> but always remember this. They're going to pay. You can't get a check in the mailbox every month by lying and cheating. Now, you can go to church if you want to. You can pay tithes off of it. You can give offerings off of it. But you still, amen, if you lied and cheated and you don't deserve that, God knows that. <laughs> Folks, this works in the kingdom of God. Just like on the career or you know, job place or things of that nature. Huh. Qualifying or disqualifying or if it's the will of God. What direction and how to handle that. He starts out and Proverbs helps us with that. If you've been reading Proverbs and uh, I, I try to. I don't, ever, I don't get to all the time but uh, if I had more time I probably would. But anyway. Proverbs 11 1 says, A false balance is an abomination to the Lord. A false balance. I know, and the writer says, we don't use those means, amen, for most part, but, but we still do it to hardware store. We still sell nails by the pound. We got a deal up there, it's weighed up there, and we put them in there. I don't have the attitude and spirit, amen, that I'm going to get, sell them a, a pound for, for three, put three quarters in. If anything, we're going to put two or three and four and five and six or seven nails over that pound. In fact, I like it when the customers go back there, at least certain customers, because they, they, they get right down to the nail. I told one the other day, I said, man, we'd have done quit. <laughs> You're plenty close. <laughs> Praise God. But there's other customers, and I hate to say this, but you better go weigh them. I pick that bag up, and I'm, I'm, I got pretty close. And I look at them, I say, is that a pound? And you can get it out of Bendale Hardware. But I believe it's strong enough. There's a character and a spirit and a principle behind that. That you got another day coming. You got another hour coming. Are you that? The Bible says every idle word. The Bible says every word and deed. Do it in the name of the Lord. It's not a time to, to allow, man, that's the reason we got to be careful. And, and that's the reason I want us to be careful with certain terms we use. I think, I, I got to get off of this. I, I got to get away from this one. I'm going to read the bottom part of this, what he wrote. Christians who serve in positions of leadership or authority must treat their employees, co-workers, and customers fairly and with respect. I don't care if they're a homosexual. I don't care if they're a lesbian. I don't care if they're an adulterer. <laughs> oh, God, help me here. 
regardless of the circumstances or any personal disagreements or differences that may exist. They could have just beat up your brother the day before, but they just stepped into your business and all that's got to, personal stuff's got to stay out of it. You know, we're in the year of politicking. We try not to politic at Bendell Hardware. I try not to politic here. I do inform some when they keep pushing the buttons. One particular one did. and caught me in the store by myself with him. And he was mad. He was mad with our community. Wanted to know what was wrong with our community. I said, all right, you ask. I'm going to tell you. I said, the man that's holding that office saved our community before he ever voted in. And I spilled it all out there to him and laid it all out there to him. He's never mentioned it again. Because I told him, I said, that community is going to be loyal to that man because that man kept something out of our community that when the county found out, the whole county got upset about it. I said, but it was being slipped in. But he came and knocked on my door before he's ever my board of supervisor and informed me. So, yes, we're going to be loyal. Now, if he's doing something crazy and way out there, it'd be a different ball game. But until then, ben, a Broom's going to be loyal. And I said I wasn't going to politic. But I'm just telling you, that's, that's just I, that's the reason. It's nothing against anybody else. It's not one thing against any of them. I think we got some can make some great supervisor, and maybe will one day. But it's a, it's, a, it's a certain about about loyalty. Now watch this. My loyalty to Jesus Christ has got to be above to my loyalty to my personal family. When the book says it's not right, I've got to be loyal enough to the call in the election of Jesus that overrides, amen, allowing positions or favoritism or any of those things because of an individual and where they land in a local uh, uh, family. That's what I'm talking about. That's what he's talking about. Balance has got to still be the same. You can't change. Y'all don't believe that's not happening? What's happening right now? With a lot of your churches. Things that they once stood strong against. And held tight. But now all of a sudden certain ones cross those lines. So what did they do? Move the lines. <laughs> if you keep broadening something, you could take Pascagoula River, but if I can get it, dig it out wide enough, they won't be that much water flowing through it. But to have any depthness, to have any strength and power and resources, folks, you've got to get the banks got to stay in. You've got to hold some things. Okay, so that's what he's talking about. We cannot mistreat and abuse others and expect to disciple them to Jesus. The Bible says you could offend them. And you know what? Your chances of winning them is slim and none. In fact, you'll win a whole city. Can I, I'm going to say, I, I'm not, I'm not. I'm very careful of what I say about politicians. It's easy to just run them all down. It's easy to say they're all doing a horrible job. My best answer to that is run for the office. Now, I'm going to say this. 
I'm going to probably get in trouble. And I've been praying over this one right here. I can remember a time when we as a church, maybe I ought not say that. Anyway, you pray, help me pray over this one. Paul wrote to us not to entangle ourselves with the affairs of the world. I'd love to know. I'd love to sit down with Paul and Paul would come sit down to me and just say, hey, this is what I'm talking about. Don't get involved in this. That. Now, we're not talking, I don't believe he was talking about just worldly events. I think there's some fights and some situations we ought to not even get involved in. Because there's not a good answer to it. This world's going. Now, I don't know why I'm getting on some of this, but I am. I got to get off of this. Okay, what does God require of us? Sacrifices alone are not sufficient. Micah helps us out with this. If you go back to Micah and you look at that sixth chapter and you see what has been written down and what he's addressing, and Lord knows I can't cover all of what he's wrote up to this point, but we realize, understand that Israel, Judah, and them had, had done corrupt things, got caught up in idolatry, got caught up in some, uh, man, I'm telling you, they had got way out there. But, but watch him as he comes down, he begins to talk about him, especially I think it was uh, seven, eight, nine. Uh, Will the Lord be pleased with thousands of realms or with ten thousands of rivers of oil? Now, you see what he's saying with, with these sacrifices. Now, we know from Saul that we've already learned that obedience is better than sacrifice. Shall I give my firstborn for my transgression, the fruit of my body for the sin of my soul? You know, so man, Micah's really putting it out there. Man, the sacrifices I can make. He had showed thee, O man, what is good, and what doth the Lord, what doth the Lord require of thee, but to do justly and to love mercy and to walk humbly with thy God. So we understand this is this is the requirement. This is what God wants us to do. Amen. To walk justly. Amen. To be as fair in all of our decisions. But in that decision making, we got to show a lot of compassion. We got to show a lot of mercy because we're going to deal with people. Let me ask you something. The majority of the people that was drawn to Jesus Christ, who were they? What was one of the qualifications of the anointing of Jesus Christ and the preaching of Jesus Christ and that was prophesied in Isaiah and that he sits in the temple and takes a book and goes to Isaiah and reads it to him? What was one of those qualifications? Amen. That the poor was going to get to hear the gospel. Amen. And so that's what I'm talking about. Sometimes reaching out to individuals and, 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 and loving people. Amen. That you and I might think, well, they, they, they made the wrong choices and they went the wrong direction. No, that's here it is. We're going we're gonna to love them, whoever they are. And when they come, we're going to do our best to love them. We're going to do our best to make them feel well. We're going to let them know, you know, there's a hope. If somehow you can just persuade them, you know what? I know a God that could get you out of that. I know a God that get you out of those vices. Amen. That's got you. Get you out of those dilemmas. Amen. Because you know what? He delivered me. Or better yet, amen, maybe he kept me out of that. Because I'm telling you, all of our flesh is the same. Amen. It, it longs. It loves pleasure. It, like, it likes the life of ease and comfort. Amen. It don't want to get out of comfort zones. And 
He wants to ease life. And so people are so prone to subject, amen, to tap into those type of, of addictions and habits and things of that nature that they can find some kind of comfort, some kind of hope in. But you know what? I want to show in mercy and grace and compassion saying, you know what? I know a God, amen, that love you, that care for you. And it may take a while to get through the journey, but you know what? God help us to be long-suffering and kind and gentle, amen, to, to work with them and be willing to work with them. That's what the church is all about, amen, working with individuals. And God, hey, I mean, you think that God's still working on you, amen. The Bible talks about that. And, and I'm getting on my lesson a little bit tonight, but anyway, amen, striving toward that mark. I'm still striving. I haven't got tamed to cry. I haven't become all that I desire and hope to be. But you know what? I thank God I'm not what I used to be, but thank God I'm still pushing. I'm still pressing. You and I are still pressing. That's the reason we're in this. And so I want to give that same opportunity to others. Regardless of who they are, give them that opportunity. Amen. To do what? To overcome, to be victorious, to show that kindness, to show that love, to show that type of mercy unto them, that they could feel the power of God. So watch this. And the Lord opened the eyes. So when you go back to Psalms 146, he goes to that chapter. And we know the 7th, 8th, and ninth verse. I'm not going to back up and take all of this. But this psalm, watch this. This psalm was written, most believe, most scholars believe, amen, that this psalm was written either by Zechariah or Haggai. These are the two prophets when they're coming back from Babylon now. They're the prophets that's in Jerusalem that help encourage the Israelite people to build the temple and to build the city and get all this stuff put together the way it needs to be. Okay, so this is a psalm that they sung. They believed that was sung even on the day of dedicating the temple. This is a psalm they sung, amen, on that particular day. And so he talks about, well, praise the Lord, which actually starts with hallelujah, and it's also going to end with that. He says, while I live, I'm going to praise the Lord. He drops on them. And you can see, put not your trust in princes or not in the sons of man, in whom there is no hope. They're going to die in that priesthood. And, and that's what he's talking about here. But you're going to put your hope in who? In one that can help us. Now, actually, he's speaking to the poor. He's speaking to those that's in bondage. He's speaking to those that don't have a means of help and to, uh, or to have the means of a voice. You know, one of the reasons why we're such against abortion because we're trying to be a voice for that child to have an opportunity to live and to be victorious. And buddy, I could dig up some stuff right there that, that, would, that, would, that would shake this cart here this morning. Amen. Because, you know, different opinions about a child, an unborn child. Where does that child go? Where do, is that child a soul yet? Where's the destination of that child? Amen. What's going to happen to the outcome of that child? I'm telling you, I could dig something up there. Amen. Hallelujah. But anyway, I won't. <laughs> Praise God, because I got enough here to try to cover. But, but as you watch this, he's talking about putting your trust in, and not in the son of a man that's going to die or even that. But he leads us on. And Proverbs talks about, amen, the king, the, the judgment or the king's heart is what? In God's hand. And so God has the power, amen, to change the heart, to change like the rivers or the creeks or anything. God has that power and ability to work on our behalf, amen, when we don't have the resources, when we don't have the money, when we don't know the right people, amen, or know what direction to take we do know we know who to call on Jesus Christ and so this is the message that we're trying to get across unto the poor and to those that's in bondage and to those that's lost or confused amen this is what this is really all about showing that mercy and compassion unto them amen to be a light and a help unto them amen to win this thing so he goes on he says which executed judgment for what the oppressed the oppressed amen the devil's oppressing everybody he can he's using every element that he can possibly use amen to oppress people amen to get them in bondage 
and, and then bind them up and, and hopefully they'll never come out, that they'll never hear the gospel. They'll never hear about Jesus Christ. They'll never hear, experience the love of God and the power of God. Amen. So here you and I are as we go out as vessels of God. Amen. To proclaim to them, to declare unto them, I know a Savior. I know a deliverer. I know a way maker. I know one that'll bless you. I know one that'll lift you up. Amen. Hallelujah. It'll help us in the world in the time that we're living in. I'm telling you, the devil's doing everything he can to control people. He's doing everything he can to oppress people. He's trying his best, amen, to let people think you don't have any hope. But I beg the difference. Amen. We've got a Bethel in Bendel, Mississippi. We've got a doorway to the heaven. We've got our experience and a walk with Jesus Christ. There's some earthen vessels in this house this morning. It's got the baptism, the Holy Ghost, and the knowledge of the Word of God. And to be a voice and the voice of God into the hearts and the souls of those that are oppressed. Watch him, which giveth food to the hungry. Where the Lord looses the prisoners. The Lord opened the eyes of the blind. That's not just physical. Amen. But what about spiritually? Hmm. Taking that time. I'm encouraging some. Brother Tyler and Brother Justin getting a Bible study. I said, hey, y'all get to, get to studying it. Learn that thing. Get out here and want to witness the people. Best thing you could do is say, you want a Bible study? You never could maybe ever get them to want to come here. But if you never start giving a Bible study, and all of a sudden that word of God begins to penetrate their heart. We're begotten by the word of God. <laughs> Praise God. We're talking about soul winning. You know how you, you, know how you win souls? Sowing the seed. choose the soil necessarily four different types of soil but one seed one seed sow it be an example letting them know take it out time to tell somebody else about Jesus taking out time to say you know what there's a better life there's a better hope there's a joy unspeakable and full of glory. And so that's, that's what the writer talked about. This is what Jesus Christ was coming, amen, himself to do. Amen. He goes from that, just raising them that are bound down. Amen. We know we can go to, to, to talk about the time of Jesus Christ and the daughter of, of Aaron, amen, that was born for 18 years. And she comes into Jesus' life, and, and immediately he prays for her, and she straightens. Hey, I'm telling you, we have got the message and the experience. It's got, this world's got a lot of people bowed down. It's got a lot of people bowed and heavy burden and heavy laid. Hallelujah. But you know what? You and I, we've experienced something. We know the power of the Holy Ghost. We know what God would do. That's the reason we come to the house of God on a regular basis. Because this is where we come and get our, our head back on right. This is where we come, amen, and feel the power of God and the love of God. This is where we even come and get adjustments. But not only for that purpose and not only for that reason. We come that there could be an atmosphere here that souls can be born and lives can be touched. Amen. I tell you, our community still, amen, I don't depend on the government to change our community. I depend on the church. Hallelujah. I don't depend on the White House to change our nation. I depend on the church. If anybody's going to have an everlasting effect upon our community, it's going to be the church. It's going to be God-believing, God-fearing people, amen, that understands who we are and where we're walking and what we what houses inside of us as vessels of God, amen, that we won't overlook anybody, that we won't discard anybody, but we're willing, amen, God, wherever you speak and however you speak, we're willing to go. We're willing to visit them. We're willing to do what you want us to do, doing the work of God and be about God's 
business and about your kingdom and loving you in doing it. Loving you, not doing it, amen, just because for our own selves. Let's go back to the last week's time. We're not doing it, amen, for ourselves. We're not doing it, amen, to get a position. We're not getting doing it, amen, to, be, to find some kind of fame or something in the eyes of men. No, we're in the business of winning souls. And God, it don't matter us who they are. If you'll just help us and lead and guide us, it doesn't matter if it's at the workplace. It doesn't matter if it's the home. It doesn't matter what place in the community. We want to do what God wants us to do in this end time because time is running out. Amen. We don't need to grow weary and doing what we know is right. And we don't know to deviate. We're not going to change it. It took it to change us. It's going to take it to change him. And if you and I begin to change it, I'm going to tell you that they will never experience the change. Praise God. Be part of that goes right in basically what I've been talking about. And amen. You know, the writer talks about to do justly, depart in peace, and be warmed and filled. What did James leave us in James 2 16 to 17? Can't just speak to him. Sometimes you got to give it. Sometimes you got to release it to them. Sometimes you got to show that love. Man, be willing to. Uh, and and uh, <laughs> let, let me just go. Justice is an act. Justice is an act, not a feeling. Take an action. And doing it. Especially when nobody's looking. When nobody will even know that it's done. I'm going to do this just out of the love of God. It might be to a total stranger. It might be somebody out there that, but don't underestimate that still small voice that's telling you to do it. You just never know what that, the outcome of that might be. Some plant, some water, but God gives the increase. So as we all work together, this is really what revival's about. Everybody working together. Let the glory and the power and the presence of the Lord to just settle down. That's the reason we want the presence of God when they, when they pull up on this parking lot and they walk in this place to feel the love of God, to feel the presence of the Lord. Something that's not just hyped up, not something that's just uh, by motivation, but something out of the pureness of our hearts our minds, and our worship. There's something about when we come to sit, sit in these chairs. We didn't come just to sit in the chairs. We didn't come, amen, just to, to be entertained. We come to be a part of entertaining the Holy Ghost and creating an atmosphere and a habitation for God to move. Because when the power of God, the anointing of God moves, and it doesn't matter if it starts from the prayer room, through the platform, or just ever however it, God sees fit to work. And you know what? You've never got to nail it all down. 
You're not God. God worked this way this time, but you know what? He may want to work something different. I'm not talking about doctrines a plan of salvation. I'm just talking about methods and the way God wants to work and how he sees fit. Amen. How to operate and how to bring it all about. And so when you and I show this to those that are oppressed and those, amen, that's poor and those that seem to have nobody, amen, to work for them, to be a voice for them. Did you know that's one of your political platforms they like to use? Amen. To be a voice for the nobodies. Be a voice for those and nobody's, you know, nobody's going to be a voice for them and fight for them. And, and that's where a lot of these things that sprung up and took place. Amen. And I, I could name them, but I won't do it. Hallelujah. That's the reason sort of this. But what was the agenda? What was the real platform? Ours is different. It's not about self. It's not about us as individuals. It's about the kingdom of God. It's about Jesus Christ. It's about eternity. It's really not even about this local assembly and the size of this local assembly. It's really, it's not. It's not all about us buying a field and, and building buildings a sort of school what it's really about is the kingdom of God and of Jesus Christ amen if God don't ever let none of that unfold but yet somehow we can start penetrating our community and giving people that really want to be saved those that hunger and thirst after righteousness those that want to be redeemed those that want to be atoned those that's hidden in their hearts and they don't realize it. and they don't know which way to go and what direction to turn but it's God that puts a little voice a little voice in your spirit a little voice in your heart and God works it out where you you make contact with them and, and it's strange sometimes how that we make contact with it may be so mistress amen it may be as mysterious amen as other things that goes on in our life but God wanted to he wanted you to make an encounter with them to make an impression unto them to be an example unto them of what of, of his love of his compassion of how powerful and how awesome he really is and too many govern that amen by money too many governs that by what you drive too many govern that by what you live but I'm here to tell you that's not the true way of measuring it. The true way of measuring it, amen, it's what abides in us and what flows out of us. The kingdom of God, the love of God, the power of God, the peace of God, the mercy of God, the willingness to reach out, the willingness to help, amen, that when they knock on our doors naked, we don't just pray for them and say, we're going to pray God to bless you. No, I got some extra clothes. I got some food in the pantry. We, we won't need it. We won't. I'm going to go and get it. Can I go a step further? Well, much is given, much is required. God's blessed you with knowledge and wisdom and talents and ability. And you're never willing to share it with your community. You're never, you never have the time to go witness You never have a time to teach a Bible study. Can I say this? Have I got from the pacifier in the bottle to some meat? I thank God for revelation. I thank God for what I understand. But if it's just for me, and I just sponge it up, and I'm just trying to just save myself, no. I sure I get excited about teaching these Bible studies. And sometimes they're not long enough. And we cram in what little we can. Precept upon precept, line upon line, here a little and there a little. It'll start connecting. 
It'll start coming together. It'll come alive in us. Something about soul winning. It's something about bearing the light of this gospel and truth. It's something about being a disciple of Jesus Christ. Even though we're like sheep cast out of my moves. There's something inside of us. You just can't gobble it up. You can't put it out. The devil may try. The world may try. But there's something burning on the inside of us. We sung about it just a few minutes ago. Holy Ghost and fire. Put a fire in us. Put a fire in us. It's not controlled by man, but controlled by God. Doing it decently in the order according to the word of God. Doing it according to the voice of heaven. Not according to our opinions and ideals. But open up our hearts and open up our lives. Amen. To be a testimony of God's goodness. To be a testimony of his beautiful light. Amen. And his powers that works upon our behalf. His powers that works upon our souls. Even in our lives and the turmoil and the troubles that we might face and we were in. Hallelujah. But I want to tell you something. Amen. With all the pains and all the other, I wouldn't want to face it without God. Where would I be tonight if it wasn't for God? What kind of condition would I be in this morning? Amen. If it wasn't for the goodness of God and the mercies of the Lord. What kind of pains would I have to deal with then? What kind of heartaches and troubles, amen, in my family would I have to deal with if I wasn't in the house of God? If I hadn't experienced the goodness of God, I'd be, baby, I'd not need lost my mind and lost my nerve. I'd done be killed somebody or something else. Hallelujah. But no, God's been good to me and helping me, amen, to have mercy and show the love of God and the peace of God and the truth of God. God's going to work it out. And this is what we're trying to get across to everybody else. Hallelujah. Oh, that's a lie. Did you know during the millennium of a thousand years, that's what this world's going to be shown? Amen. When the devil's bailed for a thousand years, there won't be no sinning. There won't be no murders take place. There won't be no thinking taking place. There won't be no the lions and the lamb. Amen. And the serpents, amen, they all lie together. Let us stand. Praise God. Praise God. I want to read one more thing in your hearing this morning. Just at the closing of this. We need to pray if we are to have God's perspectives on a passion for justice. If we do not pray, we will be tempted to sweep injustice under the rug, especially if they have not impacted us directly. Pursuing true justice can be difficult and painful. It often seems easier to ignore problems than to deal with them. Pursuing justice is rarely convenient. It makes people uncomfortable. It can cause misunderstandings. Only through prayer does the Holy Spirit, or I would say the Holy Ghost, gives us the desire to deal with injustice and the wisdom to resolve them in a godly manner. We want this to be a place that 
regardless of what walks of life they come from. The color of their skin, financial problems, spiritual problems. Who was attracted to Jesus? Think about that one a little while. There was some that come and said, show me Jesus. That's us. With their hands and the feet, with the representation of Jesus. Let's do it. Let's do it with such a, a, a drive, a passion, with such a joy. How many of you believe this is the greatest call in your life? The greatest responsibility of proclaiming and declaring to all the goodness of his God. How many of you believe that we're living in a very oppressed community and world? I'm not picking on our community. Our community is no worse than anybody else's. All right? It's probably not any better than anybody else's <laughs> as a whole community. You know, sometimes it may, maybe it ought not shock us who we encounter. But here's going to be the key. Having an ear for the voice of God. Not to put the pearl before the swine. But neither keep the bread from the dogs. That's the reason we're called sons of God. Because we're led by the Spirit of God. And we stay inside the framework of the book. Let's do it. I'm not saying we haven't been doing it. I just want to see us do more of it. I want us to get excited about doing it. I want us to get up every morning with that in our hearts and minds and spirit. That God used me today to help somebody. In whatever way you see fit. Giving them money. Calling them. Making a cake. Visiting them. Whatever way, God, a few kind words or maybe just a listening ear with the assurance that before we leave, we're going to have prayer. Use me, God, as a conduit to you that others can realize that there is a God and there is one that cares about the poor, that cares about the hurting, it cares about those that made some bad decisions. Did Jesus ever visit anybody that made some bad decisions? Had a messed up life? Society would say man failed many a times. He did, didn't he? And it wasn't convenient time of the day either, was it? I believe you're hearing me this morning.
I believe you're hearing me. You see, the idea that some people's got living for God is this life of ease. And I can do what I want to. I'm saved now. I got now, you know, all I'm gonna worry about is making money and we become soldiers of the kingdom. We actually become the bullseye of the enemy. But we become the apple of the eye to Jesus Christ. So who, won, who are you going to set out to please? Let's do it. I want to be a soul winner. How about you? I want to be a soul winner. Lord, we love you this morning and appreciate you so much today. As you shine down upon each heart and soul and life, you know our hearts, our minds, our passions and desire. You know our abilities and skills and what we can do. You promised us you wouldn't put more on us than what we can bear. But God, help us. Help us as a church, as a body of Christ, to make ourselves available unto you from this service forward in a manner and a way maybe we've never experienced to see lives of others regardless of who they are, regardless of where they're at or their condition. You'd use us as a conduit. You'd use us as a vessel. You'd use us as a mouthpiece. You'd use us as taking on actions that would impact their lives and put something inside of their hearts and their souls and minds to turn them around, to help them to see that there is a Savior, to help them to see if there is a God. There is one that can help them that's even greater than us. But, Lord, we would lead them unto you. As you give us the anointing and the ability through the powers of your grace and mercy, we're going to give you the honor for it, the praise for it. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Love you this morning. Appreciate you. God bless you. Uh, praise team will be singing at 430. God bless you.